Hey, the wolf here. This episode of Maximize You is going to be geared toward our Toastmasters group, a little interview with our district director, Joel Dawson, and some key tips and strategies on how you can improve yourself in the Toastmasters world. But hey, for those of you who aren't, there are going to be some leadership gems in here and nuggets that you can definitely take away to use anywhere in your life, home, family, or in the community. So sit down, buckle up, and get ready for another good episode of Maximize You. Good evening. Hey, how you doing? Doing fantastic. Hey, evening, morning. It could be three in the morning. Who knows? That's right. Well, it's, it's whenever you want to listen to it. It's 3 a.m. somewhere. Right? We are awesome 24-7. Here you are with Maximize You. You got the wolf. And the captain. Tonight, we're going to talk about motivation. Motivation. Episode two of the new year. What motivates you? What gets you out of bed in the morning, keeps you up late at night? Usually what is it? Well, getting me up out of the bed is usually my bladder. That's usually the first thing that I think oh, about. Yeah. Oh, yes. No, it's what's what's going to get you out of bed. What is it that just lights a fire in your belly besides that hot sauce? What is what is going on that's going to get you up and running? That's it. I'm giggling right now because I used to say it for years and years. What lights a fire under your ass? Well, a flame about three feet high. <laughs> you watch your mouth. That's a wordy dirt. I'm sorry. My eyes are in the wrong place, Scott. <laughs> I, love, I love talking about motivation because I've heard people say that motivation is garbage. Motivation is trash. And I know where they're coming from. Right. I, I get it. But they're twisting it because they're talking about the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know, but, but, let's, but I love the idea of motivation and encouragement. I think it's John Maxwell who says he's not a motivational speaker. He's a motivational teacher, right? Mm. But there motiv- there's motivation. There's there's inspiration. I, I think motivation and inspiration, encouragement, a lot of those things all kind of tie into one another. I'm more of the inspiration type with the I motivation. Yeah. Uh, but well, let's talk about that. Let's talk about it because I think – and let's just – and we're just going to give you a snack pack because – we could go, before we started recording, we'll say that we could spend all night on this one, 45, you know, absolutely, yeah. because there's there's no shortage of conversation about the place that motivation has in our lives. So just kind of as a snack pack, as a smallish uh, version, as an introductory, if you will, motivation really kind of comes in two categories as a, in general. You have extrinsic and you have intrinsic. That's right. So tell us a little bit about extrinsic. What is that about? Well, it's extrinsic to me is when we'll – perfect example is motivational speaker. You know, I love to go to these conferences and listen to these motivational speakers and trainers. And they're on stage giving me ideas and motivating me, the crowd, us – Mm-hmm. to go and achieve certain things. They're giving us stories from their life, stories from other people's lives, stories they've heard, seen, and lived to give us the vision. They're painting us a picture trying to build our belief that we can go do this stuff too. We, that they're not they special. That's right. You know, um, they didn't have the tragedy maybe, or maybe I didn't have the tragedy they have, but I can do these same things if they did these kind of you things. You can do it. That's right. Yeah. So that, that's a good, that's a, a very good perspective. Extrinsic can also be those things like money. Right. Again, outside motivators. Outside right? motivators. Yeah. Extrinsic being those things from outside of yourself. So other people mm-hmm. who are sharing their lives and sharing their story with you, of course, that's extrinsic. That thing ties into intrinsic. We'll talk about that in a minute. 
But anything that's external, so money, food, shelter. If you look at Maslow's hot hierarchy of needs, okay, I yep. think there are about five levels. It's mm-hmm. about the lower three-fifths is, is yep. really when you talk about extrinsic motivators because you have to have – you have to be able to have safety and shelter and then food and then before you really have a whole lot of economic security, you got to have those before you can start moving on to the highest, that pinnacle, which is self-awareness, you know, mm-hmm. uh, self-actualization, I think is what, that, what that's called. It makes me think as a young husband, I was very motivated, I feel like, to put food on the table. And then I was motivated to put food in the baby's mouths. Right. And continue that now. I raised my hand as being the flaw, the fatal flaw that I had was the fact is I let that go too far and I spent 14, 16 hours at work many days. Yeah, we talked about in that In an last effort time. to do that, yeah. Yeah, yeah and we, we didn't dig deep into it, but I think my motivation was to, to support and put food on the table and to support and love and take care of my family. I was almost sure you were going to say that your your bride was pointing to the sofa and said, this is where you're going to sleep unless you bring, bring home the bacon. <laughs> So, no, she never did that. She was an awesome That's a good girl. woman. Still is. So extrinsic motivator. So let, let's talk about the intrinsic because, I, you know, in, intrinsic, so if extrinsic is external, intrinsic comes from within. Right. So I think a lot of times when we're talking about you hear those inspirational, motivational speakers or teachers, you know, they're sharing that story. You see the extrinsic motivation of the possibility, I think, of the income. Right, mm-hmm. but then it, you know they might also feed to that intrinsic nature too. But tell tell us about intrinsic motivation in, in your what you think it is, how you would define it. Well, I think in the same idea that you know a motivational speaker is motivating me to believe that I can achieve what they did or what this person did, and I think of YouTube right off the bat because you can sit there for hours and watch you know videos that will help. Build your belief, one. Number two, it'll help light a fire in you that says, you know what? What he said is right. I can do that. Yeah. You know? What's special about this guy that I can't do the same thing and even better? Yeah. I have the skill. I have the capability. I got all the tools and skills. Maybe I need to learn a new skill. Maybe I need to strengthen a skill I already have, but I can do that. And I think that's where it begins to light that little fire on the inside, right? Yeah. It begins to build us and move us forward to where, you know, I can do that. Take one step, and then one step, and then one step. Mm-hmm. I know for me, that intrinsic motivator is, how can I help? You know, there's yeah. so many people out there in this world today. You know, and I'm just talking about middle America. I'm not talking about the downtrodden or the homeless or those folks. But there's middle Americans that are working every day, trying to make ends meet that want to just go a notch above and move to the next level. Maybe that's another 10000 a year. Maybe it's, you know, 20000 whatever that number is or whatever that goal is. They want to reach that next level in management or leadership. Yeah. Just that little thing or some very small things can help them move the needle in their lives to move to that next level. To me, that's what's intrinsic, yeah. helping those kind of folks do those kind of things with very simple strategies. Yeah. Do you think that do you think that there is a greater between the extrinsic and the intrinsic? Do you think one is is maybe better than the other? I've got my thoughts, but I'm I'm curious to know yours. I would definitely say that intrinsic is intrinsic is much bigger motivator mm-hmm. and helps you move the needle in your life much more than the extrinsic. Sure, because as, as soon as the extrinsic is gone, as soon as you walk out of the seminar. You know, it might stick with you for a day, maybe two. Right. But if you don't dive into it, yep. 
it's gone, right? Yeah. How does Zig Ziglar say that? You know, motivation is like brushing your teeth. I was you like do it every day or something. No, go ahead. Yeah. Well, no, motivation is is like a bathing. You know, you got to do it every day, right? <laughs> a little bit every day. That's a paraphrase. He he said it much better. Right. Right. I think I'm going to agree with you on that one because I I do think the intrinsic is much greater than the extrinsic, and because and the reason for that for myself is that I think that intrinsic motivation really ties into purpose. Because I think when you're when you ask yourself what am I about? You know, last week we talked about your personal why and who you are when it came to clarity and goal setting. I think the same thing feeds into motivation and specifically intrinsic motivation. Because when you know who you are as an individual, when you know what your purpose, what God put you on this earth to do, and it, and a lot of people think, ah, you know, it's it's uh, you know, God might not have a purpose for it. I, I'm, I'm here to tell you, everybody has a purpose and why they are here. When and then when you find out what your purpose is, I really think I think that is the the day you just absolutely spring to life. You know, Amen. You were born. I believe it. You were born. If you and look, Richard and I are both uh, Christians. Uh, we're both faith driven guys. Uh, you know, we both believe in being born again, and that's like that's exactly what it sounds like. And I really think on top of that, though, when you when when you really find out what your God given purpose is, man, it just becomes a just an additional. Without get, trying to get spiritual about it, but maybe you can. It's like coming to life even more because Absolutely. this is what I am mm-hmm. here to do. And when you understand what it is that you're here to do, I think that is the fuel that is going to light that fire either for your rear end or deep down inside or wherever you want to put mm-hmm. put your campfire. But it's going to be that thing that's going to move you onward and upward, and it's going to help you really tie into those goals and those things that you want to do. But I really think it's the intrinsic motivation. It's fueled by purpose that's going to just help you get to those next levels, those places you want to go. Because like for yourself, you want to help people. Mm-hmm. You know, Richard, when Richard answers his phone for his clients, he'll say, hey, it's Richard speaking. How can I help? Without fail. It's one of the coolest things, you know, because... He's letting them know that he's there to help them and to serve them. Now, I don't think what we do in the insurance world, I don't think is his purpose. But but his part of his purpose, though, is helping people. And yeah. so he's fulfilling that through his work. Right. I try to tie it in for sure. Yeah. Second thing, too, is, um, you know, that makes me think of, I've heard the statement said, you know, people talk a lot. Well, how do I find my purpose? I don't know what it is, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. What is the one thing? That when you do it, or when you think about it, or you kind of jump into it, you know, that gives you chills. Oh, I know exactly what that is. What for is me. It's what training? Is it? Training. Getting go. in front of an audience, and I've been in front of. I have a picture of myself now. It's not the very first Uh-oh. time I was in front of an audience, but okay. at, or at least okay. The first time I was in front of an audience was when I was in first grade, and it was a talent show. Bombed it horribly. It was the stupidest thing ever. Little chubby first grader, lip syncing a song. Don't ask. So anyway, but fast forward a few years later, I was in fourth grade. I've got a picture that my mom took me of me giving my first speech. Come on, in fourth grade? In fourth grade. And was it to the whole student body or what? Yeah, it was, it was like a school assembly. It was for Veterans Day or something to that effect. Of course, we were living on an Air Force base at the time. So, of course, that's, that was kind of a big deal. But I've got that picture. And I said, that's, that's the captain right there. That's his very first speech that he gave. And years later, I, my, my, my biggest audience, I don't know how many that was, but my smallest audiences were one, been one. My biggest audience is a thousand. 
But I just absolutely get a thrill off of performing. Number one, I love performing, but because I try to do edutainment, like I try to when I, when I train. I mean, I'm I'm goofy. Uh, you know, I'll say silly things. You know, but I like to make sure that people that that learn from me get an experience. It's not just material. You do, do you do tricks too, Scott? I do. I do backflips, somersaults, cartwheels in my head. So because <laughs> if I do it in my head, it's a lot better. Then if people see me just crash and burn, it's really you don't want to Much see safer, that. Much safer, right? Much yeah. safer for don't everybody need involved. Anything, right? For everybody involved, yeah. it's like the splash zone at SeaWorld. You don't need that in one of my trains. I love it, but I that's love when it. I get the most jacked up and I get in wow. the zone. Yeah, I agree. I'm kind of the same way uh, when I'm teaching and training folks. It's just so fulfilling. It really is. Yep. it really is. Okay, Scott, I got a question. Yeah, hey, unless you're finished. No, go ahead. Finished? No, go ahead. When we talk about motivation, yeah, I know a big challenge as I look back in my life right now. I'm pretty much an independent agent, so I get up, and motivate myself, and get going. How do you look at it from the perspective of trying to motivate people around you? You know, mm. and I'm gonna think about you know we're in the Toastmasters world, right? Yeah. <clears throat> Each club has seven leaders in the club: president, vice president, education, vice president, membership, vice president, public relations. Those are the top four spots. <laughs> These people are responsible. To motivate the rest of the club members to help them achieve the club goals. Mm-hmm. Now, when each member achieves their goals, it's going to contribute to the club. But how do people, you know, we can go to the work environment. How does a sales yeah. manager motivate his sales people? Yeah. How does a restaurant manager motivate his servers to go out and give great service and be polite and friendly and just overdo it, you know, positively yeah. outrageous service? How do yeah. you motivate people, Scott? You know, a bullwhip. <laughs> Um, a stick, a chair, a chair. No, those are like those are '80s forms of, of right. management, and I still know those people. And you know, eh, you know, e- economic, you know, threats of economic security. In other words, a pink slip. Yeah, sometimes <laughs> that's a motivator, but that's extrinsic. So yeah. I think if you tie into that intrinsic motivator, I think what you're getting in that case is learning about and knowing about what makes somebody tick. What are their wow. goals? Gotcha. What are their passion points? Why are they in it? And so if we're talking about Toastmasters, you know, most people think of Toastmasters in terms of public speaking. And that's public speaking. But when you're inside Toastmasters, and the thing that I want people to know is that's a big part of it, but it's also about leadership development and overall communications development. People are joining Toastmasters just like they join other organizations because of their own unique sets of goals. So they're going to join okay. it for their reasons. It's, it's like... One of our fellow Toastmasters, Dave Reed, says people join clubs. They don't join districts, but they join those clubs for their own reasons. So I think in in order to get them motivated, and you can apply this to the officers. You can apply this in the work world. You can apply this anywhere in any organization, even within your own family unit, you know, with your kids and maybe even your spouse. Mm -hmm. Knowing what makes them tick, knowing what they're passionate about, why did they join, what are their goals, you know, what's going to move them forward? Because at the end of the day, you might have someone that is extremely money motivated. I mean, yep. if they're making yep. if they're making six figures, if there's a comma in there, if there's a comma in six digits total before the decimal point, that's that would maybe motivate me. Now, here's the thing. You can tell somebody and this is what drives me crazy about the about the network marketing industry. They will all tell you almost without exception. They will all tell you. You can make $500 by next weekend, or you can add another $1,000 a month, or $10,000 a month, or $10,000 a year, or whatever, but they're not giving you the roadmap. Right. They're just going to dangle this. So it's like if I'm, if I'm uh, a sales manager in the insurance industry, 
it's very it's very possible to make a hundred thousand dollars. You sales in general, depending mm-hmm. on the, the sales organization you get plugged into, I've made more money in sales than anything else because you're almost your own little CEO. But right. as a leader, so if I know that you, Richard, are money oriented, I'm going to tap into that. and I'm going to show you what the potential is if you do this, this, and this. Right. Right. If mm-hmm. you do this, this, and this, like I can't, I can't collect two hundred dollars in Monopoly unless I pass a go, baby, <laughs> and don't go to jail. That's right. right. That's right. So if if I give you the steps to that because I know it motivates you, or if I know that you've joined because. You want to build, and we'll go back to Toastmasters, if you join because you want to become a better speaker. Well, you're not going to become a better speaker by sitting in the audience week in and week out. you got to get your reps, as I say. you got to oh, get yeah. up there and you got to speak. you got to mm-hmm. give speeches. If I'm, a sales, if I'm a sales manager working with my salesperson, i got to know where their values are, what's important to them. Because if I can tap into those in- intrinsic motivators mm-hmm. they're probably going to give more of an effort they're going to make more money which means that I as a sales manager will make more money or me as a CEO of a company will make more money mm-hmm. okay but that's also just one thing as a parent how do you get your kid to clean their room their dirty freaking room with all this you know you know figure out what it is that they like what's a reward now at that point it's probably about extrinsic motivators right mm-hmm. but it could be something else so yeah but you the, the whole point of all this, I'm rambling, but the whole point of all this is to know exactly what is going to make people tick and then figure out a way to mm-hmm. dial into that. And that's called leadership. That's part of that. Absolutely. leadership. And with what you said, I wrote down a couple words is relationship one. Yeah. It's relationship. It's it knowing your people, those people around you, your children, your wife, yeah. your, even as an employee, my manager, knowing my manager can help me build on that. Yeah. And then having empathy for them. Yeah. Being able to understand where they're coming from, what they're wanting to do, and what they yeah. want to accomplish. I could, Absolutely. You know, I could I could be a middle manager and give you a set of goals and just say, here, these are the goals. But if I haven't gotten to know you a little bit, if I haven't shown you a roadmap, and, and here's one, why that's important in the first place to have these goals. Mm-hmm. If I haven't taken the time, I'm a manager at that point, not a leader. And I've often said you can marry the two, but if, unless you marry the two, you might have their head, but you're not going to have their heart. That's right. And then you might not. And then if you if you completely disregard them altogether, you're not going to have either, and you'll probably have to start interviewing at some point. Yeah. Because you've either had to fire them for non-performance, or they're going to leave because they're not fulfilled. That's right. And again, the studies show it's not always about the money in the job. I was just yeah, about to say, and this is the part that you know, the, the kind of kind of a tangent here. But this is this is the part that I've absolutely had to work very hard to get my brain wrapped around because I'm I'm kind of old school when it comes to the idea of management. Like, hey, this is the job that you have to do. Now, you also have to incorporate the leadership. I've had to get my brain wrapped around this idea, and this is a concept mostly for the, the millennials and the up-and-comers beyond them, whatever they're called, labels, um, <laughs> label X, label Z, whatever, I don't know. But I've had to get my brain wrapped around this idea of the intrinsic motivators and the fulfillment that they want because they want, you know, it's one thing to say, you know, I have this salary and this benefits. Well, if you're not making a whole lot of the salary, what else can be added what, what can you give as a value add to make that job and that position more attractive? Right. You know, is it a nap time? <laughs> is it a cafeteria? Is it free drinks out of the cooler? I don't know. You know, is it happy hour? I, you know, 
whatever, the free bean gym bags. membership, bean bags, bean bags, right? <laughs> so it's it's it, but it all ties in it. But I also think though, in saying that, I also think that's probably a good thing that we're finally coming to that point where companies are recognizing the holistic approach I to agree. employee, not just satisfaction because satisfaction should never be the goal. It's loyalty, mm-hmm. loyalty, customer True. loyalty, True. employee loyalty. Mm-hmm. And again, it comes back to exactly what you're talking about. When you get the person's heart, yep. whether it's an employer or a customer, you're going to get the whole rest of them. Yep. You know, again, Maxwell says it best, and he may have got it from someone else. Who knows? Nobody cares how much you know until they know how, how much, much you care. care. That's it. Yeah. So there's a lot of good things in there, Scott, and a lot of great stuff. So as a kind of a wrap-up, what one thing would you give folks to help them Begin to motivate their people better. Get to know them. Spend, you you got to spend time with them. Sales managers, get out from behind the desk. Get out of your office. Stop sitting in there and playing on the Instagram or doing reports all day or finding busy work to do. And get out and get to know these people. We are in a different day and age. And if you, mm-hmm. especially if you've got millennials and younger, and this is not. I, I hate blanket statements. I try not to do it. But if you got a lot of younger people, a he lot really of does younger hate people, blanket. oh my Just God, you have no clue. He hates blanket statements. Oh my gosh. Just for the record. <laughs> but, but if you, <laughs> but if you, especially with the, a lot of the younger crowd, it's more relational than anything. Yes. Yeah, it is. You've got to show them that you care because they, these, a lot of these people growing up getting participation trophies. A lot of these people yeah. giving, get, getting a little extra. Co- I'm not saying you got to coddle these people, but you give them some extra attention, a little bit of TLC, mm-hmm. just a little mm-hmm. bit. You don't have to fake it till you mm-hmm. make, just, but just do your best. I think yeah. just building relationships. And I'm not saying you got to go to Thanksgiving and Christmas with them and vacations. I'm saying get to know them a little bit. Get in the mm-hmm. car and ride if you're an outside sales. If you're an inside sales, grab a, go have lunch with them. Yeah. Go take a lunch break. It'll mm-hmm. cost you ten. You got five employees. You go. You go. You, you drop twenty bucks. You, you got a hundred bucks. If you're a sales mm-hmm. manager, you got a hundred bucks to blow at some point within about a two or three month time span, where you can take an employee to lunch. Just get to know them a little bit. Yeah. As yeah. much as they'll let mm-hmm. you, but you show you show them that you care, and you start winning their heart. You're going to have a, a, a an employee that is a lot more loyal than if you don't. And as we wrap up, I want to speak to the one objection that I know people out there are thinking if, is, well, if I'm the manager and I've got these employees and I try to get to know them, well, now they're going to start to think I'm their friend. So I'm going to lose my leverage on trying to manage them. No, you're not. Because yeah. what you're doing is you're just getting to know them, getting to know what's important to them, and now you can help them fulfill become fulfilled in what they're doing with your job because your job is to tie those two together what do what we do as a company to go yeah. find a new customer or serve a customer whatever it is tie into what this person really wants to accomplish and what makes them feel fulfilled yeah <laughs> that's where our job is and when you do that and you set a true realistic expectation up front and then you just keep tying it back and forth yeah well and then i know what the, the uh, one more objection that people well that's not my style they have to adapt to me. Well, guess what? Okay, well then keep hiring some keep people. Hiring some people and you're in your pro- and the more we go along, you're going to get the same the same crop. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. and, and I promise you this generation and the next it's going to be more of the same. Yeah. It's just that's just mm-hmm. this, folks and and again, you're talking to old school. This is the different day and age. It just yeah. is. So, you know, I do, do what yeah. you can. That makes me think too one of my old franchise owners 
he kind of chewed our butt in a meeting one day, and he said, these people aren't leaving the company. They're leaving you. Yeah. You know, are you not taking care of them? Are you not doing yeah. what you need to? And it's a balance, but you got to set it up there. So, so as we wrap up, Scott, we came up with two things for everybody today, right? So what did God put you on this earth for? What is that one thing that lights you up? What's that one thing that gives you chills whenever you're doing it? Okay? Find what that thing is. That's going to be your motivation, going down that path. Yep. Finding anything that enhances it, creates it, and begins to build on it. And then secondly is relationship. Relationship with those around you. Is it my family? You know? How do they say that? Love your neighbor? Your neighbor is your kids and your wife, right? Or your love husband your and you your love wife. Your, that's right. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. <laughs> that's it. That's it. And again, some self-care that we talked yeah, about in the last Yeah, you might not like your kids. I don't know. I mean, that doesn't mean you don't love them. That's bro. right. My mom used to tell me, look, son, I love you until the day I die, but right now I don't like you. <laughs> <laughs> that's good stuff. So there's two takeaways for you. I think if you use that, you'll definitely move the needle in your life and, and make some changes that's going to be an impactful all around you. Yep. All right, guys, have a good one, and we'll catch you next week. Cheers.